Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the words of Jesus, let's go before him in prayer. God, we do thank you that you have revealed your son to us, and that he's spoken to us, and he's ministered to us, and that he is alive and active and renewing, restoring, redeeming our lives. For those of us who've come into this place with summers that have just been full of disruption, would you use your word to comfort them? And Lord, by your grace and because of your mercy, would you disrupt those who have come into this place just far too comfortable? We pray all this in the name of Jesus and by the Spirit. Amen. There's three points, and you're going to find them in your bulletin as we we parse through this. The first point is, where will you go? What will you find? And what will you do? So where will you go? Um, I remember my first day. Here we go. I remember my first day on the job four years ago. They used to let us help with freshman orientation. And so here I am, and I'm sitting in the, the, the basketball court with, for freshman uh, matriculation. And they brought the school brought the speaker in who did this amazing job retelling and kind of acting out this story, Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. Have you read it? Have you ordered? Okay. You probably did, or someone's read it to you. Um, It's a book about life and the many adventures that you'll make of it and in it. And here's how the children's book begins. He says this, congratulations. Today is your day. You're off to great places. You're off and away. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what to do. And you are the guy who will decide what to do. Ah, thank you. Yeah, the, the computer thing's broken. You are the guy who will decide where to go. The book goes on to inspire you to do great things and empowers you and, to use a Christian word, disciples you into believing that you know what those things are. Your future is up to you. Good luck. Make the most of it. And here's what Dr. Seuss knows about humans. He knows that you and I, uh, we're all headed somewhere. We are always becoming someone. Something's always happening to us. And here's the thing, particularly about college, this is why y'all are in such a cool stage of life. So that, and juniors and seniors will be able to tell you this, and you know this well, that there are a plethora of options in college. There are a a plethora of options for where you ought to go, who you ought to look to, learn from, what you are to become, etc., And one of the hundreds of claims that Christians make about who we are, about who God is, about what this life is that we have, is that there are all sorts of things that this campus is going to offer you, but we believe that there is no one and nothing that will satisfy you. Every path that you choose apart from Christ will leave you empty and unfulfilled. There's an atheist author and philosopher named David Foster Wallace. Um, He wrote a a really big book, and I've never read it. Um, And if you say you have, you're lying. Because it's like a thousand pages. But here's what he says. This is the weeks leading up to his suicide. He says there's something particularly sad about us, something that doesn't have very much to do with physical circumstances or the economy or any of the stuff that gets talked about in the news. It's more like a stomach-level sadness 
a seat in myself and my friends in different ways. It manifests itself as a kind of lostness. Whether it's unique to our generation, I really don't know. It's a real American type of sadness. Here I am, white, upper, middle class, obscenely well-educated. I've had way more career success than I could have legitimately hoped for, and I'm sort of adrift. A lot of my friends are the same way. Some of them are deeply into drugs. Others are unbelievable workaholics. Some are going to single bars every night. You see it played out in 20 different ways, but it's the same thing. I get the feeling that a lot of us privileged Americans, as we enter our 20s, have to find a way to put away childish things and confront stuff about spirituality and values. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying, here I am. I'm the most privileged of the privileged in the world. I have arrived at the American dream, and so have all my friends. And we're adrift and lost and unfulfilled. So here you are. It's the first week of school for you. And there are all sorts of options in front of you. There's all sorts of people and all sorts of ideas that are saying, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will bring you salvation from your misery. Come to me and you'll be fulfilled. Come to me and people will like you. Come to me and you'll get exactly what you want with your life. The, the primary one that you're going to face at TU is you're going to be tempted to believe that if you sacrifice yourself, if you strive hard enough for straight A's, if you get involved with the right groups and you work your way up to this impressive leadership position, then you'll have the best resume one day and you'll get the best job. It'll be the job of your dreams and you'll be happy. And you'll find salvation. Let me tell you something. I stay in close contact with a lot of alumni, top of the class at TU. They've got amazing jobs. And that's just simply not true. I'm not saying slack off and drop out of college, but what I'm saying is if you worship it, if you sacrifice your life to the God of academic success, looking to it for salvation from the worthlessness or the sadness or the emptiness that you feel, if you look to it to give you any ounce of meaningful value or satisfaction, if you look to it to define who you are, if you look to it to provide for you the approval that your parents never gave you, if you look to it to feel better about who you are, you'll be like a little hamster running on that wheel just running, just running, just trying to get something in front of you, but you can't ever get it. Their options are in front of you. Come to me, and I'll give you everything you need. You know, Christianity is a very inclusive group, but it is extremely exclusive. Because Jesus teaches that, no, you cannot go to anything and find life. You can go to one thing and find life, and that's me. So what will we find? What does Jesus say? Oh man, I skipped the best part. Okay, I gotta tell the story. I was driving uh, last winter. Every year we go to Winter Park and uh, it's a blast. I was driving the van and I was bumping to some Kendrick Lamar. And I think I was upsetting some people because there were curse words. Um, in my opinion, he's just speaking the language that he grew up speaking. And he's speaking to his people. And so I can get through it. It doesn't bother me. 
It might bother you. I won't listen to it if it does. Anyway, he's a deep spiritual man. If you listen to his lyrics, you will be amazed. He's got one song called Dying of Thirst. I don't know if you've heard it. Here's what it says. My best days are stress days. My best days are stress days. Money, power, and greed. What's my next crave? Whatever it is, that's my next grave. I'm dying of thirst. I'm dying of thirst. Let's hop in that water and hope that it works. Money, power, greed, beauty, approval, admiration, fame. What's your next crave? Whatever it is will be your next grave. All right, it's Kendrick. Jesus says, come to me. I've never done that before. Probably will never do it again. What will you find? What does Jesus say? Come to me all who are heavy laden. No, that's a sad quote. Come to me all who are heavy laden and what will you find? You will find rest. Uh, Who here drinks coffee every day or an energy drink? Yes. Who here has ever been on a vacation that you've relaxed the whole week and got home and you were exhausted? Yes. What's wrong with us? Who here uh, is tired right now already? We're like three days in, man. How are you already tired? Um, I don't mean to belabor the point, but in about a week, this is what you're all going to feel like. You already don't get, you some of you are like, I already feel like that. Well, you need a friend to help you get organized. We are a crazy, busy, and therefore extremely tired people. And we don't know how to find rest, do we? We try. You know, we play six hours of video games a day, but that's not really rest. Or distracting maybe yourself from the restlessness of your soul. So the word for rest here is actually the same word for restored. So Jesus says, come to me all who are heavy laden and you will be restored. You'll be restored. I'm having three kids. Um, One common visits that I make in my life is to a store called the Phone Doctor's. For some reason, a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and a two-year-old likes to throw your phone across the room all the time. Um, And they dump water on it all the time. If you want to know what it's like to be a parent, here's what you need to do this week. Every meal that you sit down at, I want you to sit down and get a big glass of water and set it right next to you. And then sit down and get really comfortable. And then knock the glass of water over. And then you got to go clean it up. That's parenting. Um, every freaking meal, there's a glass of water that's knocked over, and it just so happens to be right after I sit down. And i got to get up, right? Okay. So we're always, our phones, I think I went to the phone doctor six times this summer. Anyway, I'm exaggerating. Anyway, our phone's always broken. So we take it somewhere, what do they do? They fix it, they restore it, they bring it back to how it was before. And my phone, when it's broken... Um, A phone cannot fix itself. I don't know if you knew that. Something outside the phone, a.k.a. a person, has to fix it, has to restore it. And so the reason that you and I can't find rest is because we're the broken phones. And broken phones can't fix themselves. 
You need to be restored by someone who both knows phones and who isn't a phone. The reason Jesus can give us rest, the reason he's equipped to give us rest, is because in taking on human flesh, he relates to us in our weakness and in our brokenness. In other words, he understands phones. But he's also not a broken phone. He's a perfect God. Therefore, he's outside of us and capable to restore us, to bring us rest, to fix us. We can't fix ourselves. We can keep trying. You can look, you can come and go to however many things. There's a billion dollar self-help industry that's going to try to make you convinced that you can fix yourself. Try a little harder. Right? Thank you for laughing at that. It's a funny thing. A self-help industry should not be growing if it was actually working. Right? I mean, it's another, it's another time. You can keep trying and keep going to different little G-gods, but you can't fix yourself. You can't save yourself. You'll never find rest for your restless heart apart from Christ. He's the only one who knows the phone and is not a phone and therefore can restore you. The gospel says that we were once glorious creatures, but we have been broken by sin. And that in relationship to the loving person of Jesus, who is both fully man and fully God, we find restoration for our weary and heavy laden souls. So who do we come to? We come to Jesus. You know, and what's Jesus like? Who's Jesus like? There's a book I highly recommend called Gentle and Lowly. And the whole book is written off this one verse. This is the only time in the whole Bible where Jesus describes his heart, his character. Oh man, there we go. It's the only time where Jesus describes his heart. And what's he say? Most of you think that if he were given one chance to describe his heart, he would say, I'm intimidating and fierce. I'm threatening and strong. What's he say? I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart. I'm gentle, I'm weak, I'm impoverished. My goal is not to ruin you with force. My goal is to restore you with love. Come to me. You think you need restoring, come to Jesus and you will find rest for your heavy laden soul. And then what do we do? Um, Here's the last thing I want to to give you. Whoever can catch these, take these, okay? There's some rubber bands. Take, take the rubber bands. Oh, gosh. Uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Take the rubber bands. But what do we do with that? I want you to do. I want you to try to see how hard you can pull it without it snapping. And hold it right there. Hold it right there. See how hard you can pull it without it snapping. Just hold it right there. Okay? This is called tension. This is called tension. And here's what we try to do at RUF. We try to hold the tension. We try to hold the tension with the Bible because the Bible forces us to hold the tension. All throughout it, we believe in one God who's three persons. What? Let's hold the tension. So what, what sort of tension do we see here in this passage? What's he say? Come to me and find rest. But then what's he say? Take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light do you know what a yoke is 
Back in that day, they would take a big and older ox and they would put a younger ox right next to it. And they'd put a yoke and strap the two of them right next to each other so that the older ox could show the ropes to the younger ox. And they would go and they'd pull this heavy plowing machine and they would plow the fields. So come to me and find rest through your work that you'll do with me. Hold the tension. Hold the tension. Come learn from me. Walk with me. Be with me. Work with me. And you'll find rest. Now what does Christianity not teach? The Bible does not teach this. Come to Jesus and do nothing. It doesn't teach that. He will never ask you... The Bible does not say that he will never ask you to be uncomfortable or give up things for his name's sake. You're not reading the Bible closely. The Bible does not teach that. What does the Bible teach? That we are to what? Pick up our cross and follow Jesus. That we are to live a crucifix life. That Jesus is very black and white about that. The reason you're scared of it is because you think he's scary and wants to ruin you. But he's gentle. And he wants to love you. Hold attention. We're the broken phones. He intends to fix us. He intends to restore us. You cannot fix yourself. The Bible does not teach, come to Jesus and do nothing. But the Bible also does not teach, come to me, and if you get your act together, then I'll give you rest. In fact, if you're, if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, you need to go spend a little bit of time in the, in the Gospels and you'll read about these people called the Pharisees. The only people that Jesus had a beef with were the Pharisees. And what do they believe? God will come back and dwell with his people once we get our act together. If we could become obedient enough. So the Bible does not teach, come to Jesus, once you get your act together, you'll receive it as a reward of rest. But what does Jesus teach? What does the Bible teach? Come to me, all of you who are not put together. Quit pretending. Those of you who are tired and restless and broken, come to me exactly as you are, right now. And put this yoke around yourself. It's light. It's easy. And learn from me. And walk with me. And you'll be restored. Learn that true life is found in sacrifice. In dying to your own needs and desires. Learn that forgiving is more rewarding to your soul than bitterness and anger. Learn that praying for those you hate will actually bring rest to your soul. Whereas Gossiping about them will ruin it. Learn that women and men are more than sex objects to be objectified and used. They're image bearers of God to be treated with respect and dignity. Learn from me that the poor in spirit are the ones who are actually blessed. Learn that peacemakers are called sons of God. Learn that people included at my party are the ones that you too quickly and easily dismiss. Learn that the meek are actually the strong. Learn that the plans I have for your life are much better than anything you could dream. Take up my yoke and come learn from me, and you'll find rest for your heavy-laden and weary soul. My hope over the next several months in RUF is that you come to Jesus, and you learn from him, 
And my promise, the promise of God is when you learn from him and you walk with him, the soul that you have will find rest. It'll be restored. Jesus does not ever fail in his promises. We sang about the faithfulness of God. He is tender, he's gentle, he's weak, and he's always asking you, come, come, come. Let's pray. God, we are heavy-laden, wearied, restless, busied, always striving people. There are dozens of things calling to our attention. Come to me and you'll find salvation and rest. And we always believe them. Would you forgive us? Would you recenter our hearts, redirect our gaze at you who is the author and the perfecter of our salvation? Would we learn from you? Would we look to the cross where your sacrifice was for us in love? And there would we find grace for us. Help us, Spirit, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. And let's stand and sing one final song.